Moses in the CIA? I'm Moses, Ken Mosesian. And like my ancestor, I'm all about training individuals, teams, and companies how to lead. Now, I've joined forces with the CIA. I'm Dan Crum, known as the CIA. And I can help you win your best deal every time through my sales training, the CIA method. Join us as we talk about topics of life and business from two unique perspectives. Hello, Ken. How are you this fantastic evening? Uh, fantastic myself, Dan. It's a beautiful day here in Phoenix. I'm glancing outside as we're getting to twilight hour and uh, just reflect on what a great day it was. How are you doing tonight? I am back from literally 10 days away from my home. Uh, I think half that time I was in Orlando, Disney, and the other half I was in San Diego. And I got back yesterday afternoon. So last night, my first night sleeping in my own bed. So little adjustment to be made, but overall, I am very grateful and happy to be back. Now tonight, what I want to talk about, Ken, is being a front runner. What do you think that even means? Do you want to get it started or should I get it started? You know what? I'm going to let you kick this one off. I, I, like, I like the sound of it and I want to hear where you go. Perfect. So uh, when I think of a front runner, uh, it, it stems from a golf. So in golf, the person leading after a round of golf going into the next round is the front runner. They're out in front of the rest of the, the pack, the rest of the people uh, playing against them in that tournament. And um, it made me think about how that Well, first I'll talk, talk about how that applies to golf. And then I want to bring it back to us, uh, the listeners and think about how does it apply to us? And so in golf, uh, they always talk about you sleep on the lead because they play one round of golf one day. And then the next day is the next round, et cetera. So you have to go to bed that night, knowing that you're going to start the next day with the lead. And in the weekend of golf, usually it's a four round tournament. And the weekend is usually Saturday, Sunday for those events. Um, they actually put you out in order of where you are in the tournament. So if you're in first place or you're the front runner, you will tee off last. So that means everybody else gets to go out in front of you, which means you get to actually see how the people that are behind you pursuing you are doing. Um, and how does that bring back to us? When I kind of think about our own lives, um, the first thought is comparison. Um, there have been many discussions I've had with coaching clients where they're going to tell me how they compare to their peers, their friends, their family members, things like that. And they'll say, you know, like they're ahead of me. Um, they're doing better than me. You know, I feel not as good. That's what they're implying, basically the way they're feeling. And when I think about all that, um, I really think, can we ever really be the front runner in life? Like, can we ever be uh, ahead of the rest of the pack? Can you truly be, let's say like, leading and what does that mean to lead? So that's kind of the topic. I'll kick it off and now I'll send it right back to you, Ken. It makes me think about the the different definitions for front runner. Um, and that that golfing one's really interesting. I, I had no idea about that, but I, I love the idea that if if you are in that position, the others get to go first. And so you get to observe their strategy, you get to observe everything they're doing. It sounds like a sweet deal because then you can adjust your own strategy based on that. And I could see how that would be an advantage in a lot of things. It it reminds me too of, of different management styles and how some people 
hold back and let everyone else in the room speak first. And then they weigh in. They they listen to where things are going and then they talk about their own opinion. If a person does it really well, it's not because they want to be a part of the group or they want to say the same thing that everyone else is saying. It's because they want their comments to be reflective of and to take into consideration the feedback that's come in from everybody else in there. And I think that's just a really healthy way of managing. Second thing that came to mind was uh, there's another definition of front runner, and that is a, a contestant in a race who only performs well when they're in the lead. They're just not able to come from behind, so to speak. But their their performance depends on them being in the lead, their their high level of performance. But I think the most important thing is just that question that you posed about life. Like, do we see it as a race? You know, do we see it as something um, to win? Do we see it as something to accomplish? Uh, Or do we see it as a as an experience just to be savored and to be appreciated as we move through it. I think we're tempted all the time. I know I'm tempted, um, particularly with comparisons. How well am I doing relative to somebody else my age? How well am I doing relative to somebody else in my field? How well am I doing relative to someone else um, who's a competitor of mine? And yet what it keeps coming back to for me is none of that matters. Like the thing that's most important is that if I take this on from the perspective of a race, I'm running it against myself. I'm looking to best my own time, if you will. I'm looking to be more effective, more efficient, more impactful, create more change for my clients and to be growing all the time so that I'm able to do that. And so I, you know, I think where that's kind of leading me is I want to be a front runner in the work that I do. I want to be out in the lead, but I want to do it because I want to be a contribution to the people that I'm working with. I want to do it because I want my clients to be their very best. Like my passionate commitment is to help other people fulfill their potential. And it seems to me, Dan, that the best way to do that is for me to work on being the very best I can be first and foremost so that I can help them accomplish their goals. Tony Robbins, I believe, has kind of summarized humans' fears as two major things. And the the first major thing is, am I good enough? That kind of question that we're asking ourselves and what that means a lot of different things. And then um, I think the connected piece or the second kind of encompassing fear is, um, am, like, will I be loved? And it's kind of connected, right? Like, am I good enough and whatever that means to be loved? And we know what that means to be loved. And so um, I'm going to go back to uh, a perfectionism mindset. So that's what I see a lot in people is that this, this desire that becomes an obsession that becomes almost a need to be um, not just good enough, but to be like the best, right? Like, uh, to be the best amongst like their team. Like I got to be the top producer, got to be the top producer. Right. Um, I got to be the person who, uh, gets the girl, right? Like, so if you're in high school and you're like, man, I got to date the best, I got to date the best one. Um, and there's like this, I don't know what it is. It's almost like if I, if I'm not winning, then I'm losing. There's that 
phrase in one of the movies, if you ain't first, you're last, right? I think it's in uh, Talladega Nights. It's obviously being a comedy movie, but it's really people tend to adopt this attitude. It's almost like if I'm not the front runner, if I'm not the best, then therefore subconsciously it connects back. Then that means I'm not good enough. And if I'm not good enough, I will never be loved. And, and it kind of goes to, I had this uh, reaction to it that if that's the rules of the game you set up, then you're, you could never be happy. Like you can never be good enough. So therefore you can never be loved. If we've made the rules that you have to be the best, because if you take anything to its extreme, right? Like um, the moment you're the best in high school, you graduate. And now you have to be the best in what a bigger ocean, right? Like say your college, if you go to that, and then you have to be the best in like a company, which may be really big or your industry or whatever it is. These stakes get too impossible to win. It's almost like the probability is zero that you're going to be the best at anything. You could you could divide life into a thousand categories. And you can't really be the best. So um, the better response, a lot of people is like, are you, are you the front runner for yourself? Like, are you the best in your own potential? It's almost like you're analyzing what's possible for yourself. And are you like, the leader of the pack, like maybe are you beating out your own potential? Maybe it's like, I shouldn't be this far into my career until I'm age, whatever. I beat my own standard. It's almost like you established the race internally based on all the things that are available to you, like where you're born, uh, your socioeconomic possibility, uh, your education, how far you've gone in your career. And you can kind of create your own internal race and then just kind of say, okay, in comparison to like probability or what's possible for me with these, you know, walls behind it, am I the front runner in my own life? And then you can just divide that into categories and see like, yep, I feel like I'm ahead of the pace. Oh, I'm right on pace. I'm struggling a little bit behind. I think you can take a trait that I, that anybody could see as potentially detrimental or negative, like being a perfectionist or having to always strive to be the best. And then you can just flip it around and change the parameters, change the rules. So you can then just be competing with yourself. And it goes back to something that um, I'll give my son a ton of credit for. He is in um, cross country and track, and he is not the front runner in those races. He is not, he does not even probably finish if there is 30 guys will finish probably middle of the pack. And that could be discouraging to him, but he's really just focused on one thing. His like PR, I think it's called like um, personal record. It's like what he's competing with his potential. He literally is just looking back and saying, I've run this 5K before. What is my, so far my PR, my personal record for a 5K. And then he is just focusing on beating himself, like getting in front of, what's possible to show he's actually growing, succeeding. So anyway, that is my challenge so far in this conversation is if you have a desire to be a front runner, to be ahead of the rest of the crowd, flip it back and see if you can just make it ahead of your potential or ahead of your past best result. Let me just hit two things I think are really critical. First of all, your son's more advanced than most adults that I know. So yay him. Uh, that's a that's an incredibly mature attitude to take things on from. That it's about your own uh, personal record. It's about your own personal best, and not really looking at everybody else in the pack because that is crazy making. But the other thing that I was thinking about as you were speaking was, you know, the why. 
Like, what's the motivation behind it? And do we allow our self-worth to become dependent upon where we are in the pack? Do we allow our self-worth to depend on whether or not I am the front runner? And if I fall behind, it becomes depressing instead of motivating. If I fall behind, I feel less than. If I fall behind in that one particular area where I might be striving, I allow that to affect everything else in my life. So, you know, I would add in there that um, people should take a moment to really consider motivation. Like, why do you want to be out there? And if it is simply because you realize you have a particular gift in a particular area, whether it's something in sports like running or golf that Dan had talked about earlier, or whether it's you know what, I, I'm really, really good at engineering and I want to be a great engineer because I want to help build amazing buildings, whatever it is, get connected to your motivation. If it's simply to look better than other people, man, that is virtually impossible because to be the absolute best, um, it's reserved for the the tiniest fraction of human beings on earth and even those records will be broken get clear on your motivation get clear on why you're doing what you're doing and what benefit it's going to have to everyone around you i I just think that self-absorption is not going to be useful in this case it's great for us to focus on ourselves to compete against ourselves to want to be the best we can be because we recognize the gifts that we have. But I would take that internal reflection and then turn it outward. How does that contribute to those around me? How does that help my clients? How does that help my employees? How does it help my significant other or my kids if you have them? How how is my improving? How is my getting better? How is my striving to be the best? going to be something that's going to advance something more than just my record or my number? What's it going to do to move things forward for other people? And what does that look like? And use that as the thing that inspires you to continue to improve in your life and in everything that you're doing. So I think you're asking a great question. It's like, why did you do this in the first place? And any sort of uh, coaching, training, uh, self-development course is going to ask you, like, what is your motivation? It's always like that why question, like, why are you doing it? Like, let's dig deeper than, let's say, in the case of like something, just money. It's like, okay, but what does the money do for you? You know, like, and then then what? It's like, well, and you ultimately come back to like the driving force why. Uh, where this comes into play is in, um, uh, let's say, artists or performers, let's say like musicians and things like that. I think back to... Um, I guess it'd be like the nineties and like Madonna and some of the stuff that she would do, maybe even the eighties, early or late eighties, early nineties, doesn't matter uh, where she would do stuff. And you're like, I cannot believe she did that. Right. Like she dresses in a certain outfit or does something really provocative on stage in front of an audience. People are like, that is shocking. I cannot believe that. Cause this is obviously way before, uh, before the internet and before there was social media, everything like that. And what they did was they kind of like raised the stakes because now we've like, We've raised the bar of what's shocking to us or like that grabs our attention, that gets our thing. And then you have to keep doing more and more and more. And nowadays I don't watch that stuff, but I heard somebody watch like one of these awards, like MTV music awards. And they're just like, this entire show is just like people being as 
crazy as they could be, right? Like there's nothing anymore that people are like, wow, I can't believe that happened. Cause like every single thing is like that. And I almost think back to, um, like, why did they do that in the first place? At first they were just getting to it because they, they wanted to be a great musician. There were no music videos, right. To celebrate or talk about. So you weren't trying to shock people. You're just trying to entertain people and people would like you because of the songs. And then we added this element in. And I think back to kind of like ourselves and now social media, we're all kind of performers in some form or fashion. The moment we post pictures or we post videos or we write some statement, we are just ultimately wanting people to validate us. We want people to hit like or to comment or to do something to make us feel like, see, wasn't that good what I put out there? And um, the problem is once you become, it's a strong word, addicted to it, like, or like expecting it, like you can totally make up low numbers for a lot of you listening, but it's like, if you got 30 likes now, if the next one doesn't get 30 likes, you're like disappointed, like I got to do more. I got to do better. Like you've almost raised your expectation stakes. So, and then you're like, you get to 50 and you want more and more and more. It's like, but why, why are you posting stuff in the first place? And if, if you go back, you probably originally posted because this was funny or interesting, or the people who follow you wanted to share with them the same kind of thing with these people started. They probably just wanted to put out good stuff that people would like, right. In music. And then they were in this situation. So anyway, great question, Ken. And I think that is the ultimate. It's like, if you have a desire to be a front runner, if you are a front runner, ask yourself that question. Like, why is it important for me to like maintain this? Why is it important for me to raise my own stakes? Am I doing it just because I want to maintain that validation I get from other people? Um, or you feel pressure about doing it? Or is it for the love of the thing that you're doing, right? Like ask yourself why you did it in the first place. And then ask yourself if you want to continue moving forward with it. A friend of mine's a high school guidance counselor, and she um, was talking to me a couple of weeks ago about the just the increasing number of um, cases of depression she's seeing among like 15 year olds, you know, uh, and primarily girls uh, and primarily having to do with social media. And it is exactly what you described. It's like, I have to be the best, but not I have to be the best at sports or music or art or whatever. I have to have the most likes. I have to have certain people follow me. I have to have these things. And if I don't, then I failed. There is something wrong. She deals with people who are literally suicidal, young girls who are suicidal. And it's not that it doesn't affect boys too, but she just happens to see more girls. And literally, if they don't hit what they consider to be a baseline threshold of likes on a certain post, they'll delete it because they don't want their you know, Instagram storyboard or whatever the hell it's called uh, to show anything below a hundred likes. They have to have three digits. And if it's below a hundred or below a thousand or below 50 or whatever they've established, they delete the post because that would, they would see that as something indicating that they're less than they're no longer a front runner in that particular sphere. And, and, and I think that just ties back to all the things we've been talking about in terms of, you know, why do you want to be out in front? What's the, what's the motivation? Does your value depend on you being first? Does your value depend on how many likes you have? Does your value depend on who's following you or not? Or are you in this, like in life, are you in this 
just to fully express who you are, like to take everything you have and to do everything you can with it, to be to, to literally be the best you can be. And in so doing, to lift other people up, to be an inspiration for others, to serve others, and to derive your value from how much you help, not from where you're at. Not I got a thousand likes, but like I got a thousand likes and people commented on the fact that me sharing this story about my relationship with my mom was really helpful to them. It helped them process something. Man, what a different way to come at it than, oh, I got the cute kid to follow me. And I know high school, there's all sorts of stuff at play, but I think it's something that we could start teaching our kids early on about what matters, what counts, why it's important to strive to be the best, why it's important to recognize and understand the gifts that you have, why it's important to be a front runner because you want to use those gifts that you have. You don't want to let them stay there. We want to unwrap all the gifts, right? I mean, that's my, that's my thing to my clients. It's like, you've been given something, man. You want to unwrap it and share it. That's, it's going to serve nobody if it stays in the wrapping paper. But you want to do it in a way that's going to contribute. And you want to do it in a way that's going to uplift. And you want to do it in a way that's going to inspire. And if you want to be a front runner in anything, be the front runner in listening to this podcast. Be the person who listens more than anyone else. Listen to all the episodes. That's the thing you want to be a front runner. Thank you for listening. To learn more, check out mosesinthecia.com. To learn more about Ken Mosesian, check out mosesian.com. To learn more about Dan Crum, check out dancrum.com. Mm-hmm.